Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Curry. Curry driving with wall back goes reverse with a left hand. It was so weak. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Thompson between the circles. Warriors up seven with the ball. Buck 50 to go in the game. Thompson puts it on the floor, gets to the rim with the left hand. It's good! High and soft off the window on the drive. And Clay Thompson put the ball in the hole. It's a big basket and a timeout for the Hawks. Curry wants Lee with a wing pick. Gets his screen, dribbles it off his foot, pass to Lee, back door to Curry. Curry to the rim, shoveled it up with the left hand. It's good! Josh Smith was right there, but Curry somehow got it to work. And the Hawks will call a 20 with 55.5 to go. Couple of late buckets for the backcourt of Klay Thompson and Steph Curry taking the ball to the hole on a night where they combined to shoot 6 for 23 and 1 of 10 outside the three-point line. But the Warriors able to capture a win 92-88 over the Atlanta Hawks, and they run their record to 4-4. Four and four. Hi, everyone. This is Tim Roy. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680 as we get you set for the Warriors' first real road trip of the season, a three-game affair that will begin tomorrow night right here in Minneapolis, 445 is the airtime on KMBR 680, then on to Oklahoma City for a Sunday afternoon tip on KMBR 680, 3.30 the time. Monday we're on KMBR 10.50, 5 o'clock start in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Well, Golden State with a win last night that they needed. It was a sloppy win. Golden State had 23 turnovers on the night, but they did out-rebound the Hawks 43-29 to and outshot them 46% to 43%. And for Mark Jackson and company, the most important thing was it was a win. And it evens up their record at 4-4 four and four after the disappointing uh, defeat last Saturday against Denver. Coming up on the show, we'll hear from Carl Landry. What's so important about his work down at the low block? We'll talk to Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports, and he'll run down the teams on the road trip, how the T-Wolves are playing well without Love and Rubio, talk about Oklahoma City and the trade of James Harden, and the Dallas Mavericks. Does he like the combination that they have assembled there this year? We'll go to Warriors Vox and answer your questions on Twitter. That's Warriors VO. X, and then Golden State continues to give back to the Bay Area community. Harrison Barnes with a visit to the Boys and Girls Club, all part of NBA Cares. Hi, Tim Roy. It's a Warriors Weekly Roundtable coming your way this hour on KBR 680, the sports leader. And when we return, Carl Landry reveals that he was cut from his high school team but went back in the gym to get the work done to become a pro. All that this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Lee in the bounce, cuts off and takes the hand off baseline to the rack, jammed it and was foul. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Jared Jack in the front court, to the top of the key, right side Thompson, another three, off the iron off glass, tipped by Lee, won't go, rebound Landry, pump fake, gets McGee in the air, gets bumped, basket's good and a foul, and Landry has a chance to tie the game. Tonight we're talking with Carl Landry. I'm Tim Royce. We continue here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. And Carl, uh, first of all, you've had a, a nice impact on this ball club uh, that has had some bad luck to start the season. The injuries to Brandon Rush and now Andrew Bogut out for a little while while he gets that ankle uh, strong. Tell me about the, the first couple weeks with the Warriors and, and what do you see with this ball club right now? Well, the first couple weeks, you know, we had our ups and downs. Uh, one loss that really hurt. You know, me, I'm sure, as well as my teammates, was the loss in Sacramento. And then the other night, to bag that up, was the loss in um, 
at Oracle, you know, against the Nuggets. So uh, that definitely hurt, you know, just the way we, we, we beat the beat the Clippers the night before we played, uh, the game before we played Sacramento, and then, you know, follow that up, you know, with a loss in, in sack. And then just going into double overtime with the Nuggets here at home, losing once again, you know, it's never a good feeling to lose at home. So, but we're, we had two, two good days of practice, you know, and uh, trying to put everything together and bounce back and get this thing rolling. How would you describe your role in this club as applied to you by head coach Mark Jackson? <laughs> well, <laughs> Coach definitely let everyone know their role before the season started. And my role was just to come in and be a leader, you know, uh, to come in and, and play defense and rebound the ball, you know, score on the low block, uh, just bring experience to the team. You know, always – I've always been a player that whatever I did, I, I just tried to be a bonus to the ball club. I, I came came off the bench for the most part of my career. And uh, just – Everything I've done, you know, I've just tried to help teams. If that's scoring, if that's rebounding, if that's diving on the floor for a loose ball, taking charges, hey, whatever I can do to get us over the hump and, uh, you know, get to where we want to get, uh, I'm down for it. Carl, some guys get really hung up on starting in this league, but that doesn't seem to bother you at all. You seem to relish uh, being able to come in and change some things up. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the role that I've that I've been placed in since I've been in the league, you know, for the last six years. Have I started in the league? Yes, I have. But for the most part, uh, I came off the bench. And uh, I'm comfortable coming off the bench right now. I have a guy in front of me uh, that's, uh, you know, absolutely a phenomenal player, David Lee, you know, Andrew Bogut, uh, Beedris Fester. So the front line, uh, Jeremy Tyler, this front line is, 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 is really loaded, you know. And just any opportunity that I have, you know, that Coach Jackson and the staff puts me out on the floor, I just try to make the most of it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Carl Landry. You grew up in in the Midwest, correct? That's correct. <laughs> and 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 uh, tell me about high school. What was that like? Oh, uh, high school was tough. You know, um, my freshman year, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do far as like sports. You know, I wanted to play football. My mama told me that I couldn't play football. Football started in the summer, so from the eighth going into the ninth grade, I, I wanted to play football. Didn't do that, so I got a paper route, and had a paper route before school. <laughs> But you know that was kind of tough. I mean, well, that's 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 tough on those cold. I did that's that. That's what in I was New about to say. Yeah, yeah. Those, those winters and those blizzards. We had like a hundred blizzards. <laughs> one winter, we had a hundred blizzards. One winter, I was like, you know what? This is this is gonna work. So, decided to you know spend my the extra time that I had trying out for the team, the basketball team, freshman team at, at my my high school, because uh, I was you know six two, six three, walking up and down the hallway. Teachers and students always ask me, you know, did I play basketball? And if I didn't, was I going to try out? So I tried out, and uh, unfortunately, you know, things didn't go my way. Got cut as a freshman, and, uh, you know, it was very discouraging. But I told myself that I was going to try again. You know, I'm I'm never a quitter and uh, never like to fail. So tried it again the second year. Barely made it, but it continued to work, you know, and got to a level where I got a, a, a – a scholarship to go to a two-year school, a junior college out of high school, and uh, played there and then went to play two seasons at Purdue and uh, got drafted by the Houston Rockets, and now I'm here. So that's my story. <laughs> well, before we get – I want to talk a little bit about your college days, but before we get to that, okay. how how does your high school experience help you now? Oh, man, it, it helps me a lot. You know, it's always good to hear stories of, of, of people and, and situations where things – 
just it, it you couldn't see the light you know you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel but you continued to work you continued to press you know toward where 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 you were trying to go even though there there felt like there was no hope at times you know and and that's what I kept kept doing you know my dad and my mom always put in me never to give up you know always work uh you know toward whatever you want because you if you work hard enough you'll get it and that's what I did in high school even though I got cut, you know, even though I was discouraged my sophomore year because I barely made the team, I kept working and, uh, you know, got a scholarship to go to Vincennes University in southern Indiana, which is a two-year school, junior college. And, uh, man, I was more than happy. You know, you have to grab the ball to, to, to dribble it and, and to shoot it and everything, but at what point did the ball grab you back? What point did you realize that you loved playing basketball? Wow, that's 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 a question that nobody ever asked me before, but – I have an answer for it. <laughs> it wasn't high school, you know. Uh, in high school, I had my ups and downs, you know. Things never – but more downs than ups. So things never really went my way or or anything like that in high school. Uh, about the second week in practice in junior college, uh, the coach, the head coach, Dan Sparks, he played in the NBA or – I don't know. I think it was called the ABA back in the day. It was a long time ago. So uh, he, he told – I was a defensive player in high school and, and – First, well, the first two weeks in junior college, he told me to look at the basket. I caught the ball, and I, I would pass it right away and set screens and never looked at the hoop. But one day, I caught the ball, and he told me, look at the basket, son. He said, look at the – I'll never forget those words. Look at the basket, son. And I looked at the basket, and the basket, I promise you, was was so big, man. I, I mean, big as Lake Michigan. I mean, you could throw – Anything through that through the hoop and it will go in and, and that that day four, uh, you know, the offense just came. I continue continued to work and uh, it, it I just it was there. I mean, thanks to Coach Sparks. Coach Sparks, of course, went to Weber State, which is where Damian Lillard, the rookie, rookie from uh, Portland, who's from Oakland, mm-hmm. uh, he, that's where he played. He was drafted by the Cincinnati Royals and played for the Miami Floridians in the ABA back in the late 60s and early The Mi- Miami 70s. who? Floridians. Man, I can't even spell that. I'm going to I'm going to get you a book on the old ABA. I'm going to buy you a book on the old ABA so that you'll you'll be uh, you'll be entertained and 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 educated on the American Basketball Association. That was the league that had the uh, tricolor ball, the red Floridians. white and blue ball. What is that like yeah. a female dolphin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh man, <But. laughs> we digress. Um, let, let you know. You went to Vincennes and then on mm-hmm. to Purdue. Vincennes obviously is a, a very famous JUCO because uh, Bob McAdoo played there and, mm-hmm. and went on to, to to great. You know, becoming a, a, a guy that really was one of the great players in the M- NBA in the seventies. And then and then uh, you got a chance to play for one of the great college coaches of all time, Gene Cady in Purdue. Yeah. Well, oh man. Going into, you know, Purdue University, it was tough, man. It was tough. Coach Katie is not an easy play, uh, coach to play for. You know, he stays on you every second of the game. I mean, that's only because he cares about you. You know, at the end of the day, most coaches care about you and they want the best. And when they see that a player has talent in them, you know, that the player doesn't really recognize, uh, they try to just push the player as, mu- as much as they can to get – get that talent out of the player. And that's what Coach Coach Katie did to me, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for him. One of the reasons I wanted to, to talk to you at this juncture was I, I really enjoy watching you go to work. And let's let's get down to the, the, the paint now. Let's get to the box. Right. And tell me about, you know, about <laughs> your process down there. Because um, 
you know, you seem to be very patient, and you know your way around the basket. You know angles and, and how to use the rim to protect the ball. Tell me your thought. What, what's the first thing you want to do when you go to work uh, down at the box? Well, the first thing you have to do initially is catch the ball. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, obviously every player has a defender on them, and the defender is trying to, you know, stop the player from catching the ball. So the number one thing is to catch the ball. After you catch the ball, you have to take your time, you know, and, and make sure there's – the correct spacing, you know. One the good thing, good thing about this team is that we have shooters. You know, Steph, Clay, Brandon Rush before he went down, Jared, Jack. Even you know our bigs can shoot. You know, David Lee, Andrew Bogut. So the spacing on this team is something that definitely helps me on a, when I'm on the low block, uh, because you have to respect those guys. You know, you have to you have to respect those guys when they're uh, out there on the floor. You can't sag off them too much because any given night, you know, they can drain jump shots and threes from anywhere on the court. So the spacing is really key. And once you have spacing, uh, you just take your time and, and, and uh, try to make a strong move going one way. And if the defender cuts you off, you got to have a counter to every move. And uh, that counter has to be strong, you know. And it, if it's strong, you'll have a good chance of, of, of making a shot. If not, the way I look at it, you'll get fouled and go to the line. But when you go to the line, you got to make shots. <laughs> you got to no make shots. You have to make those free throws. Exactly. You know, you mentioned about taking your time. A lot of guys that get the ball at the box, they immediately put it on the floor and start to back their guy down. Mm-hmm. You don't do you don't do that most times. No. Why is it important for you to have a live dribble there? Because when you catch the ball, nine times out of ten, the guy that throws you the ball is a couple feet away from you. You know, he's 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 dumping the ball down to the post and you have to wait for that guy to cut through because if you put the ball down right away, the guy that was defending the guy that threw you the ball, uh, he can, you know, he can dig down and, and, and possibly swipe the ball away and, and cause a turnover. So you have to be patient and let, you know, the guy that threw you the ball cut through and, and give you a little bit of space and make sure the double team isn't coming or guys aren't digging and things like that to 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 cause you to, you know, take a tough shot. And any time in life, you know, it, it doesn't even have to do with basketball. Like, just being patient is always the best option at the any, at end of the day. Anytime you rush into something, is never good. If you rush into a marriage at the end of the day, it's probably going <laughs> to not be a good thing. So, you rush into buying something, it's probably not going to be the right thing to buy. So, being patient at the end of the day is probably the best way to do it. And being patient has absolutely helped me while uh, out there on the floor. If you want to be patient about getting into marriage, watch Basketball Wives. You'll be very patient after watching There you go. (laughs) There you go. I like that. (laughs) Hey, uh, just to define for for people who may not know, digging is when a guard comes down to help out on a big defensively and tries to steal the ball from the bigs. And and, and, uh, you also use your pivot foot very well. Mm -hmm. And and how did you learn to do that, and and what advantage does that give you? It gives me a huge advantage. Most guys – uh, use one pivot foot, you know. And I was always taught growing up, God gave us two of everything, you know. Uh, he gave us two eyes, so I should be able to see, be able to see out of both eyes. He gave us two ears, so most likely I should be able to hear out of both ears, smell out of both, you know, nostrils in, and touch both eyebrows in. <laughs> Pick boogers out of both of my nose. No, I'm playing. playing. But, I mean, we have two of everything. So, you should be able to use both both of everything that you had that God bless you with, you know, because you you have two of everything. So, being able to pivot with both both feet, you know, uh, has absolutely been an advantage for me. When I watch some of the better post-up players in the league, like Paul Gasol and 
Chris Bosh, you know, those guys are, are talented, but they're talented because they can do things from both, you know, like from the left side and the right side or the left pivot foot and the right pivot foot, you know. So they can score uh, a jump hook with the left hand or the right hand, and they can do things that can catch the defender off guard. And that's what I, you know, that's what I've studied, and that's what I try to, you know, add to my game to, to make it tough on the defender. You mentioned Coach Sparks back at Vincennes Junior College told you to make sure to look at the basket. At mm-hmm. what point did you become a very good low post scorer? Uh, that season, you know, my first season in junior college, uh, I definitely had to work, you know, at it. It didn't come uh, right away, you know, when he told me to look at the basket. I continued to go to the gym early uh, before practice started. And like you always hear, uh, people, you know, that want to be good players have to come back and put in the extra work at night. And that's what I did. You know, I was in Vincennes University. There was nothing to do. So in order for me to get out of Vincennes University, the only way I knew how was to become a better basketball player so I can get a Division One scholarship uh, to go to a school, you know. And I had to put in the work. And that's what I did. Got my grades and continued to work hard on the floor. Uh, listened to the coaches and uh, – I was a sponge, you know, to Coach Sparks. Everything he said to me, because of his experience, I, experience, I listened. His same thing with his coaching staff. And uh, a lot of kids now, you know, they, they think they know it all at a, at a young age. And uh, that's never going to get them anywhere. You know, you can't be four years old and think you know everything because you haven't lived at all. You know what I'm saying? You can't be 14 or whatever the number is. I was a sponge. I listened to everything the coach had to tell me. And uh, some things I didn't like, but uh, at the end of the day, he was only there to help. Carl Landry, our guest on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable Line, Tim Roy, and, and we're so glad to get a chance to learn, learn a little bit more about you and about how you go to work. And, mm-hmm. and Mark Jackson has shown no problem with putting you in the game in the fourth quarter and getting you the ball. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it. How does that make you feel? <laughs> oh, man, it makes me feel feel wanted. You know, uh, uh, last two, three years of my career in the NBA, I've had my ups, you know, I have my downs. Uh, it's been tough, you know, at times, but, uh, ever since I've gotten here, you know, the team, the front office, everybody has welcomed me with open arms and just to know that my, my coach and his staff is behind me to, to, you know, count on me in in crucial situations, you know, and I've only been here like two months, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm still learning every day, you know, I'm, I'm learning every day. So just to know that he has that type of confidence in me, it really means a lot. You had a big bucket down in L.A. I think the best game of the year so far for the Warriors was the win in L.A. over the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And you had that – you broke out a little bit of a pose there uh, after a, a bucket. I think it yeah. made sort of a flex pose. What, yeah, what's that I, all about? I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, and uh, Steve Novak, he, he does the, the discount double check, you know, the Aaron Rodgers thing. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I guess he's hit more bigger shots than me. <laughs> But at times, you know, uh, uh, one of my favorite players on the team is Clay Matthews, you know, and he okay. he flexes sometimes after he gets a sack. And, uh, you know, that's that's just what I do. You know, uh, I flex, you know, after a big bucket. Uh, and it kind of it's kind of like a dunk. You know, it, get, it gets the crowd going. It gets my teammates going. Uh, and it helps us on the, the end that we're about to go on. The, the end that we're going to, which is the defensive end. You know, I usually do it on the offensive end. So, and uh, it's, just, it's just a way of showing uh, celebration, but not too much. You know, we can't do the Lambo leap at Oracle, I'm afraid. I don't think that would – that probably wouldn't oh, end that'd well. that would be cool. That would be real cool. <laughs> it yeah. would be cool, actually. actually. <laughs> hey, 
You've come to Oracle as a as a visiting player. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that like, and what's it like now to be on the home team there? Because it, it is a unique atmosphere in the NBA. Oh, without a doubt. I've been in the league six years now, and I've always said that Oracle Arena was one of the best playing arenas as far as fans in, in the league. It, it always surprised me. I said the same thing as SAC. We're not talking about SAC, but it always surprised me to come to Oracle Arena when, you know, the team was having a you know not so good season, and you still had fans. You still had sellout games. I mean, you still had. I mean, you would think that the team was. It was a playoff game at times, you know, and and, and that always was like, it, it amazed me. And just and when I had an opportunity to sign here, you know, that's one thing that I that I definitely took in consideration was the fan support, and and you know how much the community was behind this team, even though you know they had. Uh, tough times uh, over the last few years, and uh, that definitely played a, a big part in, in my decision uh, of coming here. It was the fans. Yeah, and I think if if you ever get the chance to to be here in a playoff game, it, you'll it, in 2007 this place was you know I as they say off, no. off the hook. It was it was unbelievable. It was. Uh, one of the great experiences I've had in my career. Well, Carl, I, I appreciate your time today as we as we close up this. You know, what do you see down the road? Uh, Andrew Bogut hopefully coming back in the next week or so. Where where do you see this team going? I definitely see a tougher team. And I mean, we're getting after it every day in practice. Guys are are definitely taking it more serious. I'm not saying that we what we're not taking it serious before, but man, it's another level. I mean. Some games that we lost already, I know the season is early. We feel like we could have won those games. You know, we're not happy with the situation that we're in right now without a doubt, you know. And uh, we we want more. It's so many hung- hungry guys on this team, and, and I love it. You know, it's, it's, it's a bunch of animals in that locker room, you know, before the game. And, and we got to continue to have that mindset throughout the, this long season. And I think if we do, hey, we're in for a surprise. You guys a little angry right now? Without, I, hey, without a doubt, I think we all think our record should be, you know, better than what it is. But we got to continue to work hard, get stops on the offensive end, and execute the whole game. And if we do, uh, our record will be a lot better. Hey, I, I appreciate your time today, and I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for letting us uh, into how you do your business downstairs there at the block, and and uh, I look forward to uh, further. Uh, educating you about the ABA in Chattanooga. <laughs> what was the name of that team again? The Miami Floridians. <laughs> I like it, baby. I like it. I like it. Okay. Thanks, Tim, man. See ya. Really enjoyed the conversation with Carl Landry. If you missed any part of that conversation, you can go to warriors.com and listen to it there, as well as you can download the entire show at iTunes. Well, the Warriors have special winter basketball camp sessions for boys and girls ages 7 through 15 at several locations throughout the Bay Area. All sessions include two tickets to a Warriors home game. Online registration is available right now at warriors.com camps. When we come back, we'll show you how the Warriors continue to give back to the Bay Area as Harrison Barnes, the Warriors rookie, goes to the Boys and Girls Club on KBR 680 the sports leader. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. As part of NBA Cares, Golden State Warriors rookie small forward Harrison Barnes is going to donate 15 tickets for every Warriors home game this year. 
to a boys and girls club in the Bay Area. It's all part of the Harrison Barnes Tickets for Education program. The Warriors announced that earlier this week. And each game, the program will host 15 club members that have excelled academically during the 2012-2013 school year. Last night, it was the Boys and Girls Club of San Francisco in attendance. Other participating Boys and Girls Clubs include Alameda, Diablo Valley, El Sobrante, Mid-Peninsula, Oakland, San Leandro, and West Contra Costa, San Pablo. Harrison Barnes and the Golden State Warriors, as well as the NBA Cares, giving back to the Bay Area. The biggest thing for me was, you know, just combining, you know, school with basketball. I mean, everyone here, you know, they love Warriors basketball. And, you know, when kids go to the Boys and Girls Club, there's always, uh, you know, an education part to it. Always a part where, you know, kids can go study. Usually they have, like, a computer lab or something. So, um, you know, we did it so, you know, kids go in, they put a certain amount of hours in the study or you know, they raise a grade, a certain letter, a grade, and they get to come to a game for free. Well, I know just as a kid, you know, my mom, you know, she you know, broke her back just to make sure that me and my sister had all the opportunities that we could have today. So you know, that's just something I'm trying to do is just, you know, hopefully help the kids of Oakland and, you know, the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco, San Jose, or just give those kids the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to just be around us, you know, have opportunity to go to a game and hopefully take school more seriously. So, so pretty much the reason I gave you all tickets was, uh, one, to come to the Warriors. I figured you guys are all basketball fans. But uh, two, to just encourage you guys to just take your grades seriously, you know, stay in school. Um, if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be in school and I'd be in college, so just always stay in school, you know, always continue to, you know, do your homework, listen to your teachers, all that stuff, because, I mean, this is all fun, but, you know, everyone here, you know, without school, we wouldn't be here. Boys and Girls Club has always been something that's important to me. Uh, I feel like it's a great place for kids to go and just get away. I mean, whether or not it's, you know, after school, whether or not it's, you know, keeping kids occupied, helping them with their grades, just somewhere to go. And it's a safe place to keep kids, you know, kind of away from, you know, just you know, wandering on the streets, not getting involved with bad things. Yeah, I think being part of the Boys and Girls Club for me was big because, you know, my mom was always working, so it was a place for me to go and uh, have a court, actually. They had a little little tile court in there, so I used to always see them there all the time. You know, it was always a place I could go to to just kind of get away, relax, hang out with my friends, and it's something I want to help continue to grow. All right, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have fun at the game, guys. Thank you, guys. Brandon Rush, he'll fire, three ball, right corner pocket. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now to answer your questions. You can go on Twitter at Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X. And we try to get to as many as we can. The first one up tonight comes from Vegas Joe. And he wants to know about Harrison Barnes, the rookie. Did some posting up recently in the game against Cleveland. He liked what he saw. Will Mark Jackson use Harrison Barnes more on the low block? Well, I had a chance to talk to the coach before last night's game against Atlanta, and I asked him that very same question. It's a question of who he's playing against. Um, when you look at you know, the Denver Nuggets starting Gallinari at the three, it's a little different than you know Booby Gibson defending him. Uh, so, so it's pick and choose, but certainly I expect to see him more aggressive offensively uh, on his catches and also putting him on the block. Uh, but he's, he's playing very well, and I'm, I'm excited in the direction he's headed. Our next query comes from D.P. Ryan, who wants to know about Andres Biedrich. He actually showed like he was playing hard and making a difference for Golden State in limited minutes in the last couple of games. Do you think Andres has a chance to come back as a player? It's a 
very, very tough question. I do know this. Andres met the assembled press earlier this week, and the question of confidence was surely addressed. Physically, I feel really good. Do you, uh, I mean, it looks from where we said that this is the old Beatles, the inspired play going after every rebound. Do you feel that way out there? It kind of felt that way last game, you know. Kind of, if, if, you know, my body feels really good and I kind of feel great and Coach Goo gives me opportunity to go out there and, uh, you know, gives me a chance. And uh, so it was, it was really great to be out there and try to chase every ball and uh, it was good. How much is it just that, just giving me an opportunity I mean, with, with Bowie being here and how much they like Festus, you don't know how much you're going to yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I was I was uh, waiting for my chance, and um, I was uh, keeping myself ready, and uh, that's what I did. And I feel well, so I'm just gonna play as long as you know he wants me to play, as long as Bogut is out, and I'll do my best. You uh, back trying to kind of smooth it after you hit those two free throws. No, it wasn't like that. It was just a regular. Nah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> what? What is? What is that like? When- it's nice, you know. It's it's really nice. That that just means, you know, how, you know, how they care about me, and uh, you know, I heard some boos, and you know, but that's that's all right, you know. I think uh, that's normal, you know. Obviously, I didn't have a great season before, and they kind of a little bit pissed off, and that's all right. But um, it feels great. It feels great that the home crowd is really behind you. You know, they saw me. I was playing well, and that gave me more and more energy, and um, that was an uh, awesome feeling. You took a couple of uh, you know shots. People, people always say that you don't want to shoot the ball. Is, that, is there any truth to that? It's 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 hard to um, get a confidence if, if for, for now I'm trying to get that back, especially like the game shots too. Is if you don't take them at the game, and uh, you kind of don't don't believe in that you can make it. And um, now I just need to get my mind set that, you know, have to shoot it. If, if, if not, not, not goes in, but kind of try to get that feeling back. And it's, it's not easy to get it back. It's not one game. It's not two games. You know, it takes a little time, but, but I, th- I think I can get there. It's kind of weird considering it used to, you know. It it's weird, what? Is it weird considering it used to be no thing for you to... Right, it is weird. It was weird. It, it's, that's a really hard thing for uh, if if... Like some guy lo- like lose their her own confidence, like in himself. Um, that's really a tough thing to kind of get back to the same high level it was. It takes a lot of time, and uh, I, I'm on that way, and um, I'm trying to get there. Did the last two games help with that? It, it helped definitely. It helped definitely, and uh, I think the practices helps a lot. I think uh, practices are going well as well, and uh, so yeah, I don't know why way. Thank you for your tweets. Keep them coming at Warriors Vox, Warriors VOX. We try to answer as many as we can. Don't forget the new look Brooklyn Nets make their only visit of the season to Oracle Arena next Wednesday, November 21st. Tickets start at just $25. Buy early and save at warriors.com or call one gsw hoop and press one operator standing by to assist you. It's a lineup that is loaded. Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez, all there with the new, the no longer New Jersey Nets. They're the Brooklyn Nets. We'll come back and Mark Spears will talk about the Brooklyn Nets. He's from Yahoo Sports, an accomplished writer who's covered the NBA for years. You'll hear his comments when we return on KMBR 680, the sports leader. 
Up and good, David Lee getting to wherever he wants to go on the floor and knocking everything down. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. I, Tim Roy, Warriors head out to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night, then on to Oklahoma City and Dallas, a three-game road trip. Uh, joining us now, a friend of Warriors Radio, uh, Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports joins us. And, and uh, Mark, it's, it's great to have the NBA uh, back in full swing, full schedule, and the storylines just keep jumping out at us. First of all, Minnesota has played better uh, better than I really expected in a, in a big way uh, with Rubio and Love out. They're, they're really, you know, the, their start has been been very respectful. And I think that, you know, Rick Adelman, again, he's one of these coaches that nobody talks about when they talk about great coaches in the NBA, but he really is a great one. Well, he's coach of the year right now. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine this. Um, but, uh, you know, they got – no love, no Rubio, and it appears would seem to appear no hope. I don't get it. I, I I must say I haven't spent much time watching Minnesota um, on a league pass. But I, they're obviously playing big team ball because Brandon Roy seems to be struggling too. So um, I don't know. It, it's certainly interesting, and if they're playing like that right now, let's wait and see what happens. You know when those two guys can come back. Uh, right. If they, they just, if they can somehow keep this team afloat right now, keep them above five hundred, they take a major leap when those two guys come back, and uh, certainly could could challenge to compete for a spot. They just lost uh, Chase Buttinger today with the knee surgery, but I tell you, the guy that that is is. Uh, He's got a little nasty to his game. Is Nikola Pekovic? I mean, he sets yeah. he sets as hard a screen. So mad I didn't get him on my fantasy team. <laughs> he sets a nasty screen, and you know, Ridnour's been around the block a little bit. JJ Barea knows how to play coming off the bench. You know, they they do have some pieces there, no question about that. So. Well, it'd be interesting because I think teams probably like, yeah, we're in Minnesota. They're terrible. They they probably let their guard down. The next thing they know. They're in a dog fight. Hey, do do you like Dallas? No. <laughs> How come? <laughs> How come? As a team? Yeah, as a team. Nah, I mean, I they certainly probably get better once um, Dirk comes back. But I, I just, I, I just think they're. You know, I like their backcourt. Their backcourt is interesting, but I, I just think long term, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see them being a, a top four team in the West. You know, it's it's funny because it it really looks like that they thought they were going to be a major player this past off season, and it just didn't pan out for them. And uh, and to, to be honest with you, I I heard. Uh, I think it was might have been Bill Simmons on a podcast one day. He was talking about a conversation he had with Tyson Chandler after he got let go of Dallas, and Chandler was was you know not happy about that. And so uh, I think one of the reasons why Jason Kidd left Dallas to go to New York was the fact that that I, I don't know if they you know if, if uh, that group that was together that championship group I think they wanted to stay together another year or so. 
Yeah, well, they they put all their eggs in the Dwight Howard, Chris Paul basket. You know, I wrote to wrote a story a couple of weeks ago how about those two guys were plotting as free agents to come there this past summer, and you know they both messed it up, messed up, and opted into their deals that kept them from becoming free agents. Um, but they had you, know, you could go back in my archives and see their story on Yahoo. But yeah, I, that was what. Cuban was aiming to do was to clear a bunch of money to get those two guys right after they won the title. You know, Mavericks were a hot place to be. But I, I think the one thing that probably Cuban maybe years from now will look back at was like, man, he should have left the team alone at least and gave it a chance to, you know, um, at least repeat. They, they had zero chance to repeat. But if he maybe he could have signed guys just for another year, maybe not made a long commitment, so they could have been free agents this year. But it, in, in hindsight, man, it, it, there could have potentially been two titles there or a challenge for two titles. And but he, you know, he went he went for the Powerball and, and and didn't hit. The other night I was in Los Angeles, did some work the night before, had my pregame show all ready to go. And about 9.59 in the morning, I could just pull it up and hit the leak because I had to redo the entire thing uh, thanks to the uh, Bus family and the Lakers uh, firing Mike Brown. You know, at the time when I got over the initial shock of, having, of seeing a coach fired after five games, I thought, okay, well, they must have talked to Phil Jackson. Phil's coming back. But uh, apparently that, you know, was not the case. And so now Mike D'Antoni's the head coach. Do you think the Lakers were, were panicking a little bit at this juncture? You know, it's funny. This this doesn't seem like the Laker franchise I'm used to. This seems like Clipper stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, Clippers starting to look like the team that um, is doing things with more class right now. I mean, to fire Mike so quickly, and you know, I, I heard that they actually they felt a little pressured by the Clippers and what they were doing. And I also wonder if they felt like if they gave Mike the weekend with games against Golden State and Sacramento that they were, you know, likely to win, that maybe it would have made a case to keep him around longer uh, if he would have won those two games. Um, but it, it was certainly surprising that he got fired that quick. I mean, what, have, what coach have you known that got fired that never even got 82 games? You know, I remember Tarkanian lasting a short time, but, I'm still kind of shocked and dismayed at that. I mean, could he eventually been gone anyway? Sure, but to to let him have one game in which they play together in the in the preseason, um, have Steve Nash get hurt so quick, to have a team that wasn't in shape, to have a Dwight Howard that wasn't in shape. It, there's just a lot of factors involved. You know, I know everybody wants to point a lot of stuff at the 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 offense, but there was a lot of things going on with that team that led to their struggles and so many new guys, a poor bench. It's, I don't point the finger at Mike Brown, and it'll be interesting to see what D'Antoni can do or if he could do anything to change this team's fortunes. But, um, you know, it's just a stunning turn of events. And then to have Phil Jackson as the front runner and, and just be kind of classless and tell him at midnight we're not going to give you the job, like, okay, I'm not saying you had to hire Phil Jackson, but you couldn't wait till Monday morning. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the, it it just seemed like 
that on the way out the door that there were some, you know, some bad blood between uh, the younger bus and Phil Jackson and, and that, you know, if, I think if Phil was going to come back, he had to have some assurances about, you know, what was going to happen there. And I don't think they were ready to give that. Yeah. Um, because because really, you know, the guy who would have been the, the perfect hire when Phil left was Brian Shaw. Yeah. Um, he was ready, and I, I think he's going to be a very good head coach in this league when he gets a chance. Uh, but, you know, it's funny, and it were, you know, we're talking about the Oakland native there, but they just, like, pushed anybody out the door that had any ties to Phil Jackson. You know, and, and I remember – writing a story, talking to Kobe, and Kobe endorsed Phil. I mean, uh, endorsed Brian, and it just seemed like a no-brainer. And you could have kept the same offense and all those things. And Brian was very, very popular. And, and so it's just weird. And it just I, I don't understand what they're doing. And, you know, Mike D'Antoni's going to be put in a really, really tough spot where not only are you replacing Phil, Still, because I see whoever gets the new next coaching job still is replacing Phil, but you got picked over Phil, um, which means to me that you're going to be in a tougher spot than even Mike Brown was. Um, and, and, it, and really, and really, if you if you take it a step further, they're giving him a team that is not suited, I think, in a lot of ways to the way he wants to play. Yeah. And and to me, that's going to be a huge thing is how, you know, how much, you know, adaptation will he do with his system to fit what he has? Because, you know, he's got a couple of you – know, they can run pick and roll, and certainly Dwight Howard will set an unbelievable screen for Steve Nash. But, you know, at some point, to get the most out of Howard and Gasol, you have to put them down at the box and say, go. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm real curious to see how that's going to work. And, and uh, what do you hear about Nate McMillan? Do you think he will be – coming on board as a defensive coach, so to speak? Yeah, I, I think that's certainly possible. I mean, those two guys are close from all the time they spent together at USA Basketball. Um, some would say that Nate's a better coach, but um, I think a lot of times a good thing is just to be visible, and, and that will allow Nate to be visible, especially if he could do something to, to make their defense much better than he is, than it is, you know? Um, so... You know, I actually think that would be a great move by D'Antoni to bring Nate in and let it, one guy concentrate on offense, the other on defense. I'm sure he'd be like an associate head coach of sorts. Um, that that I do think that would be smart. But, again, I, I really think that <laughs> Mike is probably going to be in the two toughest spots in NBA history, coaching the Knicks <laughs> and now coaching the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, you know, if, if he survives this, then he can honestly say that he has he has passed the NBA test yeah. of of being in in the hot seat. Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports, my guest. I'm Tim Roy. Always a pleasure, and we will see you uh, soon. All right, buddy. See you in Oakland. The new Holiday Hoops mini plans brought to you by Jamba Juice are the perfect holiday gift. Four game packages feature all the Warriors marquee matchups, including the Lakers, Miami Heat. And a special superstar pack featuring Boston, New York, Houston, and Oklahoma City. Get your holiday hoops planned tonight and receive a $10 Jamba Juice gift card. Perfect for the strawberry Nirvana. My favorite. Go to Warriors.com or call one gsw who Press 1 for tickets. Operator standing by to assist you. Hi, Tim Roy. We'll come back. We'll look ahead to the rest of the schedule as we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader. 
Continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now for the upcoming broadcast. We look ahead to tomorrow night's game right here in Minneapolis. We're at the Target Center tomorrow, 445 is the airtime. Warriors and the T-Wolves, and the T-Wolves are really banged up. That puts a lot of pressure on the former Oregon Duck, Luke Ridnauer. There's Luke up into the front corner, right of Pekovich's screen. Stops, pops, a three, got it again. Luke with his second straight three, and the Timberwolves lead at 49-47. The only two threes tonight have come courtesy of Luke Rittenauer, who now has nine. After the Warriors take out the T-Wolves, it's on to Oklahoma City. Sunday afternoon, 3.30 the airtime, and can the Warriors slow down the magic that is Kevin Durant? Duncan the loose ball, long leads, Parker escapes, lay a block by Durant, oh, what a slut! Cephalos to the loose ball! Again, Warriors and the Thunder, 3.30 the airtime on Sunday on KBR 680. On to Dallas. Very curious to see how these Mavericks work together. It's a new-look roster spearheaded by the acquisition of O.J. Mayo. Mayo in transition, a pull-up three from the top, ring it up and put three on the board. Maybe not the best shot to choose, but Mayo with the confidence right there. Warriors and Mavericks, 5 o'clock the airtime on Cambiar, 10.50. So we switch over to 10.50 on Monday night to wrap up the road trip. Warriors come back home. The Brooklyn Nets, their only Bay Area appearance. It's your only chance to see Darren Williams. The Nets going left to right. On the left side, it's Joe Johnson. Gives to Darren Williams, left wing. 20-footer on the way. Good! And the first bucket in Brooklyn Nets history. A 20-footer from the left wing for Darren Williams. And the Nets a 2-0 lead. Warriors and Nets Wednesday night, 7 o'clock of the airtime. And, of course, the following day is Thanksgiving. And despite the pleas and protestations of my producer, R.C. Davis, I will not... Do a Warriors Weekly Roundtable on Thanksgiving night. Actually, we'll be in the air. We'll be flying to Denver as the Warriors get ready to take on the Denver Nuggets on Friday night. The next Warriors Weekly Roundtable will be November 28th, a special Wednesday night edition at 8 o'clock. Thanking our producer, R.C. Davis, Carl Landry with a great conversation about low post play and about his career in basketball. Always a pleasure to talk some round ball with Mark Spears of Yahoo Sports. David Feldhouse is at the controls. And don't forget Ray Woodson follows with calls and comments on KMBR 680. I, Tim Roy, saying good night and thank you for listening to the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. If you missed any part of this show, you can go to warriors.com and check it out there or download it from iTunes. Golden State Warriors basketball. It's a four on three. The trailer's Curry right side. Fires away. Three ball. For tickets, go to Warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.